right, welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Ball Hawks podcast. What a wild week in sports. What a wild week in football. We've got a lot to talk about in a very short amount of time. Um, I'm your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. And if you are watching our live stream, thank you for watching. So we are on Ball Hawks Count Twitter. We are on Dean Blundell Network Twitter. Uh, we're on our own Facebook uh, and our own uh, YouTube stream. So streaming live. Hopefully you guys can join in. Hopefully uh, don't be afraid to use that comment section and tell us how stupid we are because that's been a theme of my afternoon lately. We'll get into that uh, maybe a little bit later. Uh, before I introduce Chris, I just wanted to give a shout out to a longtime listener of the podcast, Liam, uh, our buddy. He had a pretty wild encounter with a uh, cougar just a couple days ago. And it's just a good reminder to if you are anybody who hunts or loves the outdoors, just always keeping uh, kind of your wits about you and making sure that you are staying safe and watching over your shoulder. So glad Liam's okay. Um, And I'm joined by my screen left. I think on, on lives, you're also on screen left. Uh, Record setting 37th episode, Christopher Tweety Bird Phillips. What's happening, dude? (laughs) Uh, Oh no, wait, that's Porky Pig. I I thought I thought Porky Cat. Cat. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you did it um at least i mean with porky pig i stayed in the, in the the right realm of of what you were talking about that and is I, true. I picked up on it right away i just um you know thought of the wrong animal to start with i guess i don't know wrong character wrong animal look at us just uh, picking yeah. the wrong people all night hey oh I, right i mean if only we could get it right but <laughs> i mean at least at least you don't have to take the password away from me in this one yeah, that's debatable. We'll we'll, we'll yeah. think about it later. Yeah, but uh, happy to be here. Of course, uh, we are live. Uh, we've just, uh, signed up with this new streaming service uh, that has allowed us to go live on our own Twitter account, the Dean Blundell Network account, our Facebook account, and YouTube as well. So we're trying out a few different uh, avenues, a few different areas, um, you know, really just throwing it out there and see what sticks. And uh, I mean, the, the live shows have seemed to be working pretty well on Twitter. So we thought, why not try the, the other avenues as well? Um, as Steve said, we are presented by the Dean Blundell network. You can of course find us over on Twitter. The podcast account is at ballhawks underscore pod. You can find myself at Phillips, Chris 12. I don't know why I had to think about that. And uh, uh, I, I don't know if Steve said it, but we all know I don't listen to him anyways. So don't forget to follow Steve at SSFisher87. Yeah, what a uh, what a wild day in sports um, football. We're, we're going to get to that shortly. But uh, if you correctly picked every NFL game today, I would give you my house because I don't think uh, anyone... I don't think anybody on earth would have picked that. Um, I feel like this we week's pickums about- would have been harder than, you know, when uh, Warren Buffett always gives out his like $1 million or whatever, if you pick the the perfect March, March Madness bracket. Yeah. Um, I feel like he probably could have put up a billion dollars this week and been fully safe. Man, these last three weeks, I'm in a, in a pick and pool and I've been just absolutely killed. 
yeah. these last three weeks. Um, and yeah, especially today, today was, uh, was not a good day. I, I definitely, I mean, part of it's my own fault. I, I overthought a lot of things. I'm like, Oh, like Tua is not playing and Tyrod Taylor's back. So I'm going to switch my pick from the dolphins to the Texans. And then, Oh, Kyler Murray and Deandre Hopkins are out. Yep. See you Cardinals. And um, <laughs> so de- definitely some overthinking on, on some of those things. Um, and of course the Cowboys got, just absolutely handled by the Broncos today, which who saw that coming. But uh, I mean, I know spoiler alert. I know we saw each other today, but um, how was, uh, how was your day, man? Well, I mean, you, you know how most of it went. Um, It was pretty good. Good afternoon for sure. It was a great afternoon. You and I met down at bad tattoo, who is the official sponsor of the ball Hawks podcast. Third down Met down there, uh, had some pizza, got to have a beverage. Uh, we brought the kids, most of the kids anyways. Uh, unbelievable how well they behave for so long listening to us talk about football. Um, <laughs> so that, that was definitely the best part of my day, which is saying something. Um, and I say that not as you know, a Debbie downer to the Ravens game or anything like that. But just because I didn't have to like bite my nails and stress and, and, you know, be disappointed. It was just a a great afternoon watching football uh, with you and your little man and me and my two littles. Um, We were going to start with something else here, but we kind of just already alluded to it. So we might as well uh, stick in the upset Sunday realm here. We've got, so the first question I want to ask is we've got Dallas losing to Denver. So the Dallas Cowboys losing to the Denver Broncos. No one saw that coming. Buffalo Bills, one of the top seeds in the AFC, loses to the very desperate Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, oh, what was, I knew, I should have screenshotted it. There was one of my followers uh, called the Jaguars something. Oh, the, the shag wires. The shag wires. That's right. <laughs> the shag wires. Um, I I literally was in the middle of uh, drinking some Gatorade and I spit that everywhere uh, when I saw that. That was pretty damn funny. Um, and then we have the New Orleans Saints losing to the uh, Atlanta Falcons. So out of those three games... Which was the most surprising to you? Uh, Bills and Bills Shagwires. <laughs> the Shagwires. <laughs> Steve, we got a comment on Facebook. Do you see that? Uh, oh yeah, you said hi. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> um, we're that we're that cool. Where we're talking to your, ourselves on social media while live broadcasting. Good for us. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Remember when that time that I said I don't listen to you? Now you guys all know why. It's because I'm. <laughs> trying to figure out making sure all of our social media channels are working just being yeah yeah um uh, well, yeah for what, sure made it, it was, what made it the most like upset for you out of all of those? um yeah i mean and, and i struggled because i want to see the cowboys broncos too because like apparently I, I didn't see any of that game but apparently trayvon diggs got absolutely exposed in that game today by teddy bridgewater of all quarterbacks yeah uh, and and the the Cowboys were, of course, playing at home. But for me, it's just I mean, we saw the Jaguars come into Seattle last week, almost get shut out. They lost 
31 to seven and their touchdown was scored in, in garbage time, which I mean, yeah. so was the Seahawks last touchdown was scored in garbage time as well. Um, so, I mean, going up against, I guess, you know, call them one of the AFC, you know, quote unquote uh, powerhouse teams or supposed to be, you know, on paper anyways, one of the AFC powerhouse teams. Um, we all thought expected an absolute ass kicking from Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but instead, it was the other Josh Allen on the <laughs> defensive side of the ball who was handing out the ass kicking. Um, we saw Josh Allen of the Jacksonville Shagwires uh, sack Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, as you can see here. <laughs> Opposing quarterback has recorded a sack. The last time there was a. Okay, I don't know about you, but like, does it not seem like every single week the NFL has some sort of like first time ever in history that this has happened to like random one off type stat? Yeah, I mean, this one is, uh, this one's completely different though. Like, it's super um, unique for sure. But. Yeah. I mean, and then it's just so weird when you say it as like a regular commentator, like Josh Allen sacks, jo- Josh Allen, uh, yeah. you know, it just, it, it sounds weird. It sounds awkward. You almost like, you know, stumble over your own words. And I was just going to say, this was actually possible. I don't think he plays in the league anymore, but I know last year for sure the New York Jets uh, had a defensive back named Lamar Jackson. Right. And so it could have happened where it's like, oh, Lamar Jackson sacks Lamar Jackson or Lamar Jackson intercepts Lamar Jackson or even the other way, like, oh, Lamar Jackson just juked Lamar Jackson. Like, you got to be thinking, like, if you're listening to that on radio, um you know, for today's game, you're listening to that on the radio and you're like, wait a second, what actually happened in that play? Like, I'm so confused until they explain like, oh, the same name person. Oh, sorry. Did you say interception? <laughs> they do. Bill's trying to pick it up. They can't. Allen throws. Intercepted. It's Josh Allen. Intercepting Josh I think the only way that could get better now that I'm just watching that that last one where uh, defensive Josh Allen points to his name bar after the fact is that like d- defensive Josh Allen is number 41. I wish quarterback Josh Allen was number 14 just to like <laughs> like really opposite parallel like you know mirrors of each other or what have you. And then yeah. apparently I, I didn't get video of this one but uh, jo- defensive Josh Allen um also recovered a fumble from josh allen so he, he hit the like, like little, the trifecta. literal trifecta on josh allen oh my goodness that is that is just wild like <laughs> but it, I guess, it's got to like, be going I'm, after the first one because you know like 
I feel like with the Lamar Jackson thing, you've got one guy who's kind of a nobody in the league, and then you've got one guy who's a superstar here, quarterback Josh Allen superstar, defensive end Josh Allen, very high pick, a very, you know, key piece to that defense going forward. So like maybe a bona fide superstar in the making. It's just like it's it's gotta be in quarterback Josh Allen's head when you get sacked by your same name. And he's kind of like, you know, doing his little sack dance or whatever. And then you throw a pick or or whatever the I don't know the uh, the actual lineage of how it happened, but it's got to start getting in your head. Be like, oh, man, I hate Josh Allen. Wait, did I, Wait, just I, say I hate Allen. myself? Like, no, I hate that Josh Allen. And then, of course, he comes back and is throwing the like hands to the nameplate. Like, I own this name. This is me. You got to come yeah. through me before you get uh, to touch this nameplate. I'm awesome. the the I'm the premier Josh Allen, right? That's right. Um, and and like just to circle back to why it was the most shocking upset too is like the final score was nine six. Like right. even if even if the Jaguars had you know if it was an offensive shootout and the Jaguars won, I would be surprised. But the fact that the Buffalo Bills didn't score a single touchdown. Yeah. is just absurd and they could only um, kick two field goals against yeah the shag wires like against the shag wires just insane um yeah if, if you don't pick buffalo being upset by jacksonville i'd call you a liar um i yeah the the dallas and denver one did have me going for a while because i, I don't even know when dallas finally got their first points I'd have to look it up, but it was definitely pretty far in. I want to say at least into the fourth quarter, like they were getting shut out like at least 1920 to nothing going into the fourth quarter. And you're like, how this is a team that just traded their biggest superstar on defense. And now they're coming out balling like it's just it's. I, I again we we talked about this last week the the cliche term is any given sunday and no sunday has it been more true than this sunday just wild kind of things happening uh when i last left the i know you're watching uh the sunday night football game right now cuz you've got a tv where oh okay i thought you were but I'm even then the, the, i'm watching i'm watching something but i'm watching the canucks game <laughs> um i mean the titans were just routing the Rams in LA. Yeah. yeah. Um it looks like it's 28 to 16. Uh that's going to be the end of that one. Again, yeah, the Rams maybe just not... scored a garbage time touchdown of their own. Oh. Like maybe not as shocking as some of the other ones, but it is shocking when another team comes in even if it's two good teams and they just handle the other team uh in their own building. Kind of like Cincinnati uh Baltimore a couple weeks ago, two really good teams can still be shocking when one team dominates that affair on the road. And now the bungles have bungled ever since. And now the bungles have bungled ever since. That is the great. greatest bungle of bungling of all bungles. <laughs> Bungling. We um, lost to the J E T S jets, jets, jets. And then, jets, uh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, at least they lost to a good Cleveland Browns team today, but like, I mean, how much turmoil and, drama is going on in in that house right now um that i mean i i picked the Bengals just strictly on all the 
you know, all the shit that's been going on in Cleveland right now. I'm like, I don't trust the Browns to come out and be like just mentally prepared. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's where we were going to go next with this. Anyways, obviously we know that, uh, was it Friday officially that Odell Beckham got released? He actually hasn't. I don't, as far as I know, he hasn't actually officially been released yet. He's going to be released on Monday. Okay. But it was on, it was on like, I think it was on Thursday. They, Kevin Stefanski told Odell to stay home. Yeah. He went to the team and said, Odell Beckham Jr. is effectively no longer a part of this team. Yeah. And then Friday morning, it was announced that he's going to be released. However, it's not going to happen until Monday for whatever reason. Um, so then he'll pass through waivers on Monday. And if he passes through waivers and then be available as a free agent Tuesday, which leads us to ask, where in the world is Odell Beckham Jr.? I love how you had the song like queued up for it. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do that. Um <laughs> A little uh, fun fact, if you will, uh, before we get into where he's actually going to go, because this was in the warm-ups of the Ravens-Vikings uh, game. I didn't see this because I was, uh, you know, taking my daughter to her dance class, which I, you know, promptly escorted her out at, at the uh, the end time. I was, I was very on time for that to get back uh, for opening kickoff, but... Uh, some of the players for the Vikings were, including Justin Jefferson, uh, a former LSU receiver himself, were sporting free Odell t-shirts uh, right, it's today. That. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's wild because now, obviously, I know you're going to get into it a little bit more in depth, but um, now there's talks about is a team going to claim him and take on that $7.25 million contract for the remainder of the season? Or like he wants it to, he wants to hit free agency. Of course he does, because then he gets to decide uh, where he goes with this. But um, I, I had some interesting conversations with uh, Marquise uh, on Cover 4 with the guys. Uh, him and I had some back and forth about, you know, where would Odell go? And I think the Seahawks were the one he was kind of hinting at and... You know, my main argument was if I'm a team that picks in that waiver claim process before Seattle, I'm picking Odell if I can afford it. If I have cap space, I am taking him. So if I'm the Detroit Lions, uh, like our buddy Andrew said, I'm taking him because we need a wide receiver. And if he wants to sit out, you do you, Odell, because we're taking you because we believe you're a good player and we really want to use you going forward. So... You can come to our team. It would be great for you to to get in here and uh, you know put some some butts in chairs to watch Odell Beckham. If you want to hold out, that's okay too. We're gonna fine you because that's part of the collective bargaining agreement. You don't show up for this. You're not gonna get paid. You're gonna get sent some bills, uh, and that's okay also because our billionaire owner doesn't have to worry about the millions of dollars uh, you're spending because we're gonna hold on to you until the off season and we are going to trade you. I'm guessing Cleveland was just asking too much and they ran out of time. So even if you get a seventh round pick out of this, you get something for it, no matter what. Um, 
or you know what maybe in the off season you hold on to him and uh you know you work with him if he plays with you if he plays for you know a team like the lions and and he shows up to to practice and to games okay now we can talk about where you want to go but as far as i'm concerned uh you're going to play for my team because we have claimed you and that's how i would do it um where where do you think he goes? I know you want him to go to Seattle, but where do you think he goes? So, yeah, apparently, um, you know, his, his, I'm sure agent has contacted teams in the waiver priority and said, you know, don't bother putting in a waiver claim. My guy's not going to report, um, which, I mean, we've seen work for other players in the past as well. So I, uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if he does that. And if it does work out in his favor um, and and that, you know, he kind of picks and chooses or at least, you know, passes through waivers so he can become a free agent. I I think that's probably the most likely scenario anyways, because of the $7.25 million um, cap hit and and money still owed uh, by, by claiming him on waivers. So I, I, I do think that that's probably the most likely scenario because then the Browns still owe him, I think it's like 4.25, and then a, a team can sign him as a street free agent to you know maybe vet minimum for the remainder of this season. And that's probably the most likely scenario. Apparently the three teams that are most involved are the 49ers, the Saints, and uh, my Seattle Seahawks. Uh, but it's being reported by Mike Florio from uh, ProFootballTalk.com uh, that uh, his o- Odell Beckham Jr.'s preference is Seattle, uh, which he has. Uh, <laughs> um, message from our buddy Ryan on YouTube is OBJ even going to move the needle in Seattle if he lands there? They don't even use DK properly. <laughs> bait um yeah i mean absolutely odell beckham jr is going to move the needle in seattle i mean he's worked out with russell wilson in the offseason they have a, a a high familiarity with each other um you know and and it gives seattle that that number three receiver that they really need i mean they drafted d eskridge uh in the second round there he was their first draft pick this season late in the second round there and um when i mean myself and every other seahawks fan uh were screaming that the bigger need was offensive line and a center like i don't know maybe someone like creed humphrey would have been really nice um, i mean d eskridge looked though. good in his what's that sorry didn't he get taken in the first round though no he got taken like two two picks later two picks after seattle took d eskridge okay. yeah. yeah humphrey went um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, D Eskridge looked good in the half a game that he played to start the year, but he got a really, really serious concussion. Um, and obviously Seattle's not rushing him back. I don't think he's ready to come back. Apparently he was seeing a specialist a week or two ago down in Florida, uh, due to vision issues or something wow. along those lines. Um, so obviously like the, the, the number three receiver is a big need, um, especially just, I mean, the, the Shane Waldron offense doesn't seem to be able to get going. Uh, I mean, they're running jet sweeps with their tight end, Gerald Everett right now. Like 
<laughs> so they need to do something. So yeah, I, I would love to see him end up in Seattle. I don't think it's going to happen regardless of what his preference is and what Russell Wilson is pushing for. I mean, we saw Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson push for Antonio Brown in the past, in the past as well. And that never happened. Uh, Pete and John, you know, it's, it, it, it's always the same lip service from Pete and John. It's like, Oh, you know, like we are really interested in the guy and we are, we are right in it right up, <laughs> right up until the final minute or, 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 you know, right up until the 25th hour, we were right in, we were super involved in, in it. And, uh, uh, just the same, same thing from them, from them every time. So I, I think he probably, I mean, I want to say the saints just because of the LSU background, but also he's going to want to go to a contender. Um, so do the Saints really make sense? I mean, do the Seahawks really make sense in that in that uh, you know same same regard? Because I mean, they, they have their own. I mean, they're below five hundred right now, so are they going to make playoffs? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, there's so many possibilities, uh, but hopefully it's Seattle. Hopefully Seattle's the answer. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's New Orleans uh, or maybe like if I throw a wild card out there. Um, I mean, I, I was leaning Raiders, but they just signed Deshaun Jackson. So maybe not um, wild card Kansas city. Ooh, that wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I mean, they, they, they tried it with Josh Gordon and that's right. That experiment's not working out. Yeah. Right. Um, one word answer, Chris. Does Odell get claimed off waivers? Yes or no? No. Okay. I'm actually going to throw the wild card. I think he does get claimed off waivers. I think there's too many teams out there uh, that see a guy who is still so productive uh, that someone I think is going to take that wild card shot and just grab him no matter what his representation uh, says. Uh, the other thing to, to Ryan's question there, you know, obviously, yeah, they have DK, they have Lockett. Um, but right now they're using Freddie Swain, who is being productive. Like we've been talking about him on our, our Tuesday uh, Thanos fantasy cast of of somebody who, you know, might be a sneaky start, sneaky kind of ad. So, um, you know, having those three guys, Lockett, Metcalf, and Odell, would be just gnarly to watch, especially with Russ coming back, because Russ can get anybody the ball. Um, and part of me would also just be a little hilarious that in uh, in our other league, I just traded away Tyler Lockett uh, for Damian Harris. So if Lockett's targets went down and I sold him uh, at the exact perfect time, I would uh, laugh at our buddy Nick quite a bit. Um, was was that in our uh, whistleblowers league? It was the trade. Oh, really? The trade went through at uh, nine fifty seven this morning, and oh, I messaged wow. our commissioner who gave us this question, Ryan Hank, and I was like, "Hey, man, can you throw this trade through right now? I need him in my lineup to start this week." And he was the first person to score me a touchdown in my matchup this week, and I was like, "Yeah, Damian Harris is already like paying <laughs> dividends right now." Uh, so thanks, Ryan. You can give yourself a commissioner of, uh, I don't know, the moment of the week award, trophy. at least of the week. Yeah. You, you've really earned that one. Just um, a tiny little trophy. But again, guys, that, uh, concludes our segment of where in the world <laughs> is Odell Beckham Jr. 
Oh, we might have just lost some uh, some viewers <laughs> off of that one. Now I have a you know I, I have a voice. Some might call me the songbird of my generation. Um, you not so much, but you're you're trying. You'll get the trying award, okay? Um, hey, I don't know if, if I want to go into this. Give me one hundred and fifty percent, a hundred percent of the time. You're not, you're not trying. Sixty percent of the time, every time. <laughs> um, let's go into this one. <laughs> I'm signing off after that. He says. Hey, that's better than the flack I was giving you on Tuesday. The Tuesday, we gave you the most okayest commissioner award. Now you're getting commissioner of the week. Like, that's at least 15 steps up in the right direction. Uh, it's okay. I, I, I've heard that guy's got a lot of a, a lot of manscaping to, to uh, take care of. So he's yeah. probably going to spend the rest of his night doing that. So have a good night, Ryan. Thanks for watching. Okay, let's, let's go through this one really quick. This one's been, you know, beat on every single opening you know network this morning obviously Aaron Rodgers is a complete idiot um sorry but if you're a Packers fan and you can't see that uh Aaron Rodgers was lying or deceiving even though he said he did neither one of those things um and he's taking dewormer for animals if you can't see the problem in that, uh, I can't really help you. Um, but obviously, they lost today's game because Aaron Rodgers wasn't there. Jordan Love did not look good. I started him in one of my fantasy leagues. Uh, didn't work out at all for me. Um, I think our, our friend Ryan there, if he's still on, uh, started him in our whistleblowing league. He just didn't look good. Nothing about it looked good. I know I have a few Packers followers. Our good friend Kyle's a huge Packers fan. Um, you know, you hate to to be rooting for a guy like Aaron Rodgers to come back because, you know, personally, you have to think of how idiotic his decisions are and his rationale from it. Um I don't know. I don't know if you you know watched any of that Pat McAfee thing, but there was at one point um, Pat McAfee and AJ Hawk are just like covering their mouth, eyes are lighting up because they're just ready to rip into him for uh, how foolish he sounds by following his now good friend Joe Rogan. Um, I don't even know what to say about this man literally have no idea like it, it it's that stupid he he's that stupid my favorite new i mean i've never been one to uh pull punches when it comes to aaron Rodgers. i have voiced my displeasure with aaron Rodgers uh multiple times about how i think he has the most punchable face in the nfl <laughs> i think he's an arrogant prick um, and, and that was all before all of this happened. I, I've just, I've never liked Aaron Rodgers. I I've always disliked him or, um, and this, I guess just kind of hammers at home that, um, I was right. So suck it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, yeah, it, it's, it's a bad look. It's a bad look for the NFL that this guy was able to, I mean, apparently, apparently that the, the league has known the entire time that he's been um, unvaccinated, but then you look at, you know, certain protocols and he's been breaking protocol, right? Like he's yeah. been 
doing um, press conferences without a, uh, a mask on in yep. inside of the uh, press or inside of the media room. Um, he was uh, the Packers just held a Halloween party and he was there without a mask on. Yeah. Um, he's been doing commercials still with State Farm which is against NFL protocol uh, when it comes to unvaccinated players. Um, So just a a lot of, you know, things are kind of lining up where just a lot of question marks and a lot of things that, you know, how is the league going to penalize the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers? Um, You know, is the punishment going to fit the... I don't want to say crime, but you know, it's, it's a punishment. Is the punishment going to fit the the crime? Um, you you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, and and like, it's already said, like, he's not going to be suspended, but if he continue, if he, you know, breaks rules and continues to break rules and yada, 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 then suspensions on the table. But as of this moment, he won't be suspended, which I feel is a bit of a, a bit of a cop out for the league. Like, Sure, Aaron Rodgers is your reigning MVPs, whatever. Call him one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Yada yada yada. To but play, like to ever play the position. Whether, set an example. Set set yep. an example. Set an example. Say I don't care if you're Aaron Rodgers or if you're uh, Gardner Minshew. If you break the rules and you're an unvaccinated player, you are suspended. Yeah. Period. I'm like, sure. I'm sure in that huge, huge, huge handbook of rules, there's got to be something, you know, in there. If you are breaking league protocol and policy, that there's got to be some sort of repercussion for it. You, you, you right? would think. Yeah, and like you, you would think that like I mean, Terry Bradshaw today on uh, NFL on Fox this morning just came right out and said, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers needed to go to the Naval Academy so he could, so he could learn how not to lie and how to tell the, how to tell the truth. And he's got the like, Navy just, guys like cheering in the back. They're like, yeah. right. Like just ripped an absolute strip into the guy and then like called him out for taking Ivermectin with, which as Terry Bradshaw's words, not mine, Terry Bradshaw's words, is a cattle dewormer, which, if I'm not mistaken, Terry Bradshaw owns a ranch yeah. with horse and cattle. So he, it is cattle. He dewormer. would know. Yeah, he would know what that's for. Um, and I mean, Terry Bradshaw is is very much a old school, like you know, quarterback guy. Take the player side, um, and he just absolutely unleashed t- today. Um, I, I I shared that video from my uh, personal. Twitter account today, um, not too long ago, uh, earlier tonight actually, and I, I highly recommend that everyone watches it because it's it, it, you watch it and you're like, I didn't realize Terry Bradshaw got, Terry Bradshaw could speak this well. So, yeah, it was. I mean, it was just so well said. Um, you know what? What? What else do you say to stuff like that? Right, where a guy is making such bad choices, you just got to call him out. Sorry. This is what you did. It's silly. Uh, don't be dumb. It, yeah. It really is just that simple. Um, but I'm I'm done talking about Aaron Rodgers. Um, he doesn't deserve any more time on this show. So um, 
who knows maybe maybe jordan love will still uh pan out a little bit who knows he definitely didn't look like it today uh which has to have packers fans a little uh a little concerned with that uh we have a message here from kenneth cooper from facebook (laughs) foosball is for the devil (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm guessing that's some sort of movie reference, but since I don't watch movies, Chris, you better explain that one to me. <laughs> well, well, my 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 mama, my mama says. says that the alligators are so angry, ornery because they got all them teeth and no way to brush them. <laughs> that's a great reference at the perfect time. Uh, Thanks for uh, tuning in, Kenneth Cooper. Um, I will keep your hidden identity secret, um, but we appreciate you uh, joining us tonight. You've got a lot of those people who who follow our account where I'm like, do I know this person? You're like, yeah, we, uh, I don't, but, like you're just so cryptic with your response. I'm like, all right, whatever. No. Um, hey, all I have to say is water sucks, Gatorade is better. Yeah. uh okay it's time for a little ravens recap we had uh, a morning clash at m&t bank stadium that went into overtime the ravens won 34 to 31 over the minnesota vikings thanks to this beauty doing exactly what he's showing being the goat kicking the ball through the uprights uh when you need someone to do things right, call at JTuck9. See, I got it right this time. <laughs> For any of you just tuning in, I uh, was a little sleepy on my my Twitter machine usage. And uh, yeah, I, I accidentally tagged Justin Tuck instead of Tucker. So I'm stupid. Uh, have a good night as well, Kenneth. Thanks for uh, Thanks for tuning on. Uh, the first one I want to mention is uh, the Ravens lost another starting player to season-ending injury. Uh, starting safety, Deshaun Elliott, tore uh, his triceps or his biceps. I can't remember which one it was, and a uh, pectoral injury uh, as well. So, you know, the the IR is just filling up, and when you think... You know, you just can't lose another guy. They lose another huge, huge, huge part to that defense. A defense that's just allowing every quarterback to throw at will on them, uh, losing another starter. So uh, hopefully Deshaun the Joker will uh, come back healthy for next year. He's had some really unfortunate injury luck early in his year. Um. This was another game of the tale of two tapes. It started out super, super, super ugly. Uh, you know, the the Ravens pasty was getting picked apart. Justin Jefferson goes for a huge touchdown bomb. Signals get crossed. You know, the the secondary just just didn't have Sorry. it read off. Did you say secondary? Did I say secondary? Uh, secondary. Secondary. Is that like Finding Dory sequel? Just keep swimming. Uh, they, they definitely looked like Dory out there. Uh, couldn't remember their assignments at all. 
But they can speak whale fluently. And they can speak whale fluently, at least if it's the, uh, what is it, like telepathic or what? what's that stuff called? Where Sonar. Uh, right, so, yeah. Sonar whale uh, language. It, it just really bothered me the way this game started off because the Ravens just came off of a bye. You think if your guys just came off of a bye week, you would be sharp, crisp, at least, you know, executing well. And they just... They just looked horrible. They're, again, missing tackles, doing a lot of chasing, giving up the big play. Um, and, it yeah, it was just super frustrating right off the start. Um, you know, uh, th- there, was, there was even a little bit of, you know, I, I hate ragging on the refs, but there were some very stupid calls actually against both sides uh, in this game. Uh, the Ravens got a fourth down goal stop uh, where I think it was on the one yard line. They stopped it. It was this ticky tacky defensive pass interference called. Um, there's a ref right in front of them, maybe one foot away from where it, it happened. He, it looks like he goes to go for his flag and like almost like, you know, when you take like a second look and process what happened. And then he puts his like hand away, basically. And the ref on the other side of the goal line throws the flag on it. And that kind of stuff just really bothers me. Like, give the guy who had the best look at the play, you know, the absolute autonomy. Of course, uh, the Vikings score on that. Um, But they didn't only score on it. They actually scored and uh, whoever their D... uh, Or sorry, not D, their... uh, their offensive, uh, their right guard, I believe it was, clearly flinches. So, you know, that's a false start penalty. And then their right tackle flinches the same way. So two flinches. And you can see Calais Campbell, like, jumps up and he's pointing at it right away. Um, and they score the touchdown. And you look on the replay and you're like, wow. Like, I- I've seen guys, like, you know mustache hairs move and they get called for false starts and you know two guys jump on the old line uh that really sucked i a, a good friend of mine uh who follows the show as well uh nick he's a big vikings fan and i was like are you like are you okay with you know that call going your way and he just responded with it was brutal um hmm. And, and I'm the same way, like, of course, like, I'll take it if my team gets it. But I really hate when those calls, you know, just dictate the 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 game completely. Um, the only bright spot of the first half, in my opinion, was uh, Rashad Bateman. He looked so good. He's being used early. He's uh, being used often. At one point early in the first half, he makes another first down catch. And there was actually a statistic that all of his first 10 catches as a professional, every single one of them were first down catches, which goes to show you how much they actually trust Rashad Bateman. Um, Second half starts off and I'm like, okay, you know what? We're only down by seven. It's okay. You know, everything's gonna... Nope, they give up a a touchdown on the ensuing kickoff. Uh, So not only are they getting beat on defense, they're getting beat on offense. 
and now uh, they're being beat on special teams. And all I could think of was, don't we have the coach who is a, you know, former special team stud? Uh, Nope, we were getting beat on all three phases of the game. Um, But good news, after half, the defense actually does make some really good adjustments. They, They come out playing like the old Ravens. Uh, they're they're getting the offense back on the field. Uh, so there there were some bright spots for the defense as a whole. Obviously not Deshaun Elliott getting injured. Um, but my boy, Pancake Pat. I got a poll going. So if you want to go over to my Twitter, at uh, SSFisher87, and check out the poll I got going, we're, we're going to see who uh, who thinks... Pat Ricard's name should be, uh, in terms of a nickname, what do you think it should be? Uh, I have four options up there if you want to go vote for that. Pat Ricard was everywhere, man. He was catching passes. He was moving the chains. You know, at one point, they show the clip of him catching the pass on the sideline, uh, and he gets kind of like, he, he hits the DB hard. A second guy comes in, and they sort of like take his feet out, and his feet are still running in midair. And then they get back onto the ground and he like lunges forward. But it's like that that attitude of just never giving up of like, you know, no matter what happens, I'm going to give this team 150 percent. It's just so contagious when you are playing sports and you see a guy out there, uh, you know, giving everything he has and just getting so fired up of it. Your fullback is getting fired up. You hear that your fullback scores a touchdown and you expect one of those just like greasy, like they're on the goal line and hand it off to the fullback and he just like punches it in from like one inch out. Yeah. Not pancake Pat, baby. Jackson. And that was after like, what was it like a twenty-two yard reception that he had that he like yep. brought in with one hand and like secure. He brought it in with one hand. He ended up securing it with both, and then gets up field and um and then you know goes out and catches a one-yard touchdown. Which I mean, for anyone who doesn't know Pat Ricard, like this guy used to play defense, D tackle you know baby, they, yeah, D tackle, like yeah. not just defense, D tackle. <laughs> like you know what they say about like you know defense like oh can't catch the ball put him on defense yeah and uh and he made that uh that that huge touchdown grab today and like i i, I was watching uh, i was busy this morning so i was kind of watching kind of not but um you know he was making a lot of like he was in for a lot of plays today like they had him yeah. in, in like pass block situations like protecting lamar uh they had him you know uh lead uh, as the lead back they had him uh, coming out of the backfield, obviously to catch passes. So he was all all over the place today. Yeah, he's just he's one of those Swiss Army knife guys. Uh, the Ravens love to have a fullback on their roster, but a fullback who can do more things than just your old traditional fullbacks who kind of you know had those high high neck uh, you know shoulder pads and they're one the the, the neck roll the neck roll uh, you know they had one job that was to like pave a lane for your running back Uh, the Ravens love to use their 
their fullbacks, like you said, uh, in a bunch of different ways. And uh, this is this isn't just like a regular fullback. This guy is, you know, three hundred and something pounds of just versatility but just meanness as well like one of my favorite clips is him uh pancaking a uh 49ers guy and he's just so jazzed up about it like he just loves the game of football so much that he just wants to inflict pain on people all i think can think of when you say is like this isn't a regular fullback is all i can think of is mean girls it's like pat ricard (laughs) walked into the locker room because I'm not a regular fullback. I'm a cool fullback. <laughs> yeah. Starts handing out like alcohol to all the rookies. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. Our movie references. Best in the biz. That, th- Best that in the Steve biz. never understands. So I'm just sitting here laughing by myself. Yeah, but you know that one I know. We watched it together in a hotel room, if that doesn't sound weird to anybody listening. <laughs> I mean, to be it's, fair, it's you true. watched it. I slept. Yeah, actually, uh, our buddy Ryan and I watched most of it while while you slept, <laughs> and then we took pictures of you passed out. Yeah. Um. Anyways, the yeah. game obviously uh, there there's a big turning point. Uh, they had a long touchdown drive. I think it was like ten plus minutes. Uh, it gets capped off by uh, Devin Duvernay, a ridiculous one handed grab, keeps his you know feet and and knees in the end zone to score. I thought that kind of set the tone because it let the defense get a ton of extra rest, um, you know, and, and kept those big weapons on Minnesota on, you know, on the sideline. Um, but man, this team, like I, some, somewhere along the line, someone told me that Lamar Jackson can't win big football games. Someone told me that Lamar Jackson cannot come back from behind this Baltimore Ravens team cannot and will never come back from a double-digit deficit. Done it three times this year. Done it three times. Um, You know, they're battle-tested. They have more injuries than anybody. And they just are finding ways to win. It's not always pretty, but Lamar Jackson is just a bona fide superstar. I love this guy. I love everything he does. I love his demeanor. Um, you know, even when he throws a pick in overtime and everyone's like, oh my gosh, no, the game's not over. The game's not over. And Lamar Jackson, you know, marches them down and, uh, a a very, very, very critical overtime win against the Minnesota Vikings. And, um, I, I swear I've said it many times this year. I think this team is trying to give me a heart attack before my 35th birthday and now i am absolutely positive of that now did you act, i i know you were driving because um you're you're driving down to bad tattoo at the end of this game did you actually see the overtime kick uh the kick that tucker the the, the game winning the game kick, win- yeah. okay so like i obviously you know i had the phone there i was listening you know through my car bluetooth or my truck bluetooth audio uh, we got to bad tattoo. I want to say eight or nine plays before uh, Tucker kicked it through, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going in there until I see how this whole thing ends." So I was I was sitting in a parked vehicle watching the end of it, uh, and again, and scared my daughter. Going, Dad, when can we get out of the car? Yeah, of course. I'm yeah. like cheering and screaming, and you know, scared the kids, but uh, all worth it because we won. 
So I was watching it inside Bad Tattoo with Ryan from uh, Bad Tattoo Brewing. And we both were like, oh, did he miss that? Like, here, I'm, I'm going to play it for you just in case yeah. you didn't see it on, like, properly. Justin Tucker delivers again. And the Ravens win it in overtime. Like, I know camera angles, you know, play a big part totally. of that, but like we were watching it live and we're like, Ooh, like, was that a lot closer than mm. it needed to be? Like, did he like push that a little to the right? Uh, the thing but. with Tuck, when, when he's in close like that, like he pounds the ball through, like he, we know he has a leg obviously. Um, but when he, when he's in close like that, it looks like it's just flying. Right. So it's already through the out, the upright, and almost off of the meshing uh, before before you think it's even gone through the upright. So you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I bet you from, like you said, from a different camera angle, I think it probably would have been straight through the uprights. Right. Um, not, oh, go ahead. I was just saying, not as close as it looked from that camera right. angle. But that, I mean, the NFL probably does that on purpose, right? To be like, oh, did he miss that? <laughs> did he miss it? Like, yeah. Thanks, like, NFL. Yeah, the NFL wants to give people heart attacks. They, yeah. They're they're uh, fun fact inside job. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, um, NFL and big pharma. Yeah. It's all a collusion, <laughs> right, Aaron? <laughs> him and him and Chris Sky are going to be like working together all of a sudden. <laughs> oh God, Chris Sky. <laughs> oh. Okay, um, I, I know the Seahawks didn't play, Chris. We we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, the Odell news. Uh, give us a little bi-week updates, any news that's not Odell Beckham related. Russ got his pin out, boys. Let's go, Let's go baby! <laughs> Russ got the pin out of his finger, uh, and then he has been posting videos nonstop of him working out at his home gym, at his home field, at his house down in San Diego there. He's, he's throwing balls. He's throwing like 20-yard passes. He's getting ready to come back and be ready to go for Week 10 versus the Green Bay Packers, uh, which may or may not have Aaron Rodgers. We don't know yet. <laughs> De- yeah. It doesn't matter if Aaron Rodgers is there. Um, yeah. yeah, so... I'm going to say it does a Russ little got, bit. Yeah, whatever. Um <laughs> Russ got the pin out, uh, which is huge news. Um, you know, hopefully he's ready to go. Hopefully he's ready to be activated off of the IR and come back and play in week 10. Um, I mean, Geno Smith has played well these last three weeks. Um, a lot of people want to, you know, crap on him and say like, Oh, well, like he lost two out of three, but like he kept the team in all three of those games. Yeah. I mean, one was a blow win over the Shagwires. Um, <laughs> the other, the other two games were close games. Like he kept them right in it. Um, I mean, the, the defense has been playing a lot better as well, so that that certainly helps. Um, you know, if if Russ can come back and you know get back to his his MVP ways, or I mean, he's never won it, but like you know what I'm saying, and, and have the defense play as well as as they've been playing these last three weeks. Um, you know, maybe Seattle can make a little noise and try to sneak into a wild card position or something like that. Um, other than that, there's seen different reports regarding Chris Carson. Some are saying that like he might not come back this season. Some are wow. saying he might 
it might be career ending. And then there's other reports coming over the last week that are saying like, Oh no, like Chris Carson might actually try to practice after the bye week um, and, and, and try to get back out there and see what happens. Um, so I don't, I don't know what's happening, happening with Chris Carson. Really? I don't know. No news on DS Gridge. Um, Seattle was super quiet at the trade deadline. There was a lot of talk that maybe they, they would trade LJ Collier. Um, that didn't happen either. So I guess he'll just continue to be a healthy scratch the rest of the year. I don't know. Um, but other than that, I'm just, I don't know. I, I mean, I've, I, I, I came into the season super op- optimistic. Um, I'm coming out of the bye week, fairly optimistic. I'm also just, I mean, making a conscious effort to try to not let <laughs> fo- football bother me as much as it has in the past. Right. Like it, it's, it's just a game and, you know, like last week or two weeks ago, like one of the guys at work was like, "Oh, like big game tonight." I'm like, "Or big big game for you for you guys tonight." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Well, like for the Seahawks." I was like, "Yeah, I'm not playing, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just gonna sit at home and enjoy the game from from my couch. Like, I'm not playing but football. It, but like it is. I you know what? I I know what you mean because I've over the last like three years, four years." Uh, pretty much as soon as I had kids. So a little longer than that. I've also tried to like not get so emotionally vested in wins or losses because at the end of the day, like I still have to be there for my kids. But when, when people say like, Oh, big game for you guys. I know there's some fans that are like, you're stupid. You don't say we, when you're talking about the team because you don't play with the team. We is like a collective term that we're using to say like, it is a big game for you, Chris. I I know you. I know you too well. You don't own, you know, a, a picture of Richard Sherman tipping the ball away from Crabtree. You don't own a DK Metcalf jersey, a hat, you know, signs. Your kids don't wear that stuff because the game doesn't mean anything to you. It definitely means something to you. I think that can be totally separated from, you know, not letting it really like you know lower your personal you know mental health well-being if your team wins or loses but i i think part of that starts with having that mentality before the game even starts though right like if i can have the mentality going into the game of like i'm not playing this game i'm just watching my favorite team play i think that helps with my just mentality true at the end at the at the final outcome where i'm not you know pissed off or or whatever it may be if the seahawks lost and and so that uh, i think that's where a lot of that stems from it's just just trying to stay very even keel i mean yeah don't get me wrong like the seahawks score a touchdown i'm you know jumping off the couch going woo and <laughs> you know my kids are being like oh dad the seahawks yeah. scored a touchdown and like right like my kids know right but it's trying to be more even keel, especially the, I mean, these last three weeks with Russell Wilson being out. Um, I was really trying to keep my expectations low and, you know, not saying like, Oh yeah, it is a big game. Like, no, like it's just another game. Like whatever it is, what are they like? And so I, I, I'm sure a lot of that is just mentality and, and not wanting to have a, have a football game ruin my entire day. Right. So, Right. And and like I said, I, I think you can allow football to not ruin your day or, you know, anything like that, but still be able to say, 
you know, it is a big game for us and sort of put yourself in with the team because it is this like collective uh, bond, I guess you can say, right? I mean, I mean, on Twitter, think about, think about the, you know, the Twitter followers that we have that are, you know, Ravens fans or, or, or Seahawks fans. Like we've actually been invited over to strangers houses. If we ever make it down to Seattle or to uh, Baltimore, you know, to watch football from our followers because it's that collective kind of group mentality that, you know, you're just, you're, you're rallying around something, but you can also not let it ruin your day, I think is a good way um, of saying that. To be fair, I'm not going to classify Michaela as a stranger. She is one of, she's somebody that I, I would consider at, at this point, really a, a good friend. Yes, we started sure. as strangers and yes, we met off Twitter. Sure. Um, but she's somebody that I definitely consider a good friend. And next time in, I'm in Seattle, I'm definitely reaching out to Michaela and Kate and uh, getting some of those Mattis famous nachos. <laughs> but 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 that's what I mean. Like we we did start off as complete strangers. You meet them on Twitter. You know, it led to inviting her on to, you know, an episode with us. Had a fantastic time. You know, she joined our Ballhawks podcast league. She started her own uh, podcast. Um, I, I agree with everything you say. And that just sort of validates my point even more that it's it's this we collective kind of bond that you get over a football team. A, a, it's, a, a it's, game. It's, it's, it's the community, right? It's it is. Ravens Twitter and Seahawks Twitter. And it's it's and that's why I mean, I, I've said it for years. Twitter is my favorite social media platform because I get to interact with all of these people that cheer for the same team that I do that I normally wouldn't get to interact with. Yeah. Some of it is, is toxic and some, not, not all of it's great, but like I've done a, a really good job of weeding that stuff out and just surrounding myself with positive people that I want to interact with on social media. Totally. Um, and I, I, I love Twitter for that personally. Um, which don't forget guys, follow me at Phillips, Chris 12. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Plug. Um, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it, it and that you're right. It, it is a community and we do look at it, at it as like, Oh, like, you know, hopefully my team wins this game. Um, but it's just, I don't know. Ever since Seattle won the Super Bowl, I've kind of been like more, less disturbed. Mm-hmm. I, I should say, or more even keel of we like, okay, like if they win one, one yeah, yes. if they win one, they lose one. Like, yeah, it is what it is. Like it's whatever flags fly, fly forever. So. That's right. Um, Chris, you know what time it is right now? It is everybody in the world. Probably. I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not making anything up and I'm not exaggerating. It is everybody's favorite segment of their entire week. It is the third down segment. Take us away. Around the world, prestige world, 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 world why, 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 prestige world, why, why. <laughs> uh, third down segment, guys. Uh, it is back for a record-setting thirty-seventh week. Uh, are we on episode thirty-seven? I don't know. Yeah, but we didn't start um, on week one, so you're a liar. Oh, you're right. Oof. Whatever. Thirty-something. It's back weeks. for a record. Um, it, it, it's happening again tonight for a record time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Somebody go back and count the amount of yeah. weeks that I've been doing this thing. Um, third down segment is back. I'm really excited to to bring it back again this week. Uh, you know, it, it, it's always a lot of fun. We allows us to show a little bit of our personality and be kind of, uh, you know, a bit of idiots on, on the podcast. If, you know, if More you have discovered that we're are. already idiots yeah. on the podcast, but that's okay. Um, of course, uh, the third down is presented by Bad Tattoo Brewing. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but... Christmas is right around the corner, and that mean, means that you better get your ass to the grocery store and go buy your kids one of those chocolate advent calendars. But hey, this year, don't forget about yourself. This Friday, November 12th, Bad Tattoo Brewing is releasing their very own advent calendar. That's right, 24 of the finest BC craft beers leading up to Christmas. Go to badtattoobrewing.com and order yours this Friday to enjoy some damn good beer this holiday season. Uh, We were talking to Ryan down at Bad Tattoo Brewing uh, earlier today about the advent calendar. Uh, I know I'm for sure ordering one. It sounds like Steve's probably going to order himself one as well. Um, You know, open it up. All the all the cans are turned up upside down. They've got a number on the bottom of them, so you know which one to drink when. Uh, It's just. I've done these beer advent calendars in the past. Uh, they're an absolute blast. I mean, not know what, what you're drinking or what you're getting at, at the time. Um, so guys, seriously, go to badtattoobrewing.com. Uh, they, they ship all across Canada. So whether you're in BC or whether you're all the great, all the way across the nation in Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, you know, somewhere in the Maritimes there, they're going to ship that beer to you. So be sure to get that advent, advent calendar. It drops this Friday, November 12th. Oh, such such a good idea. I, I know I was saying it. I, I still have never done an advent calendar. So um, I, I think this year has got to be the first year that I do it. I mean, what what have I been waiting for all these years? For, Christmas, for Christmas to come? <laughs> it came every Fun. year. Yeah. Fun fact, Christmas happens every year, Steve. <laughs> I know. Um, but my favorite one, guys, if you have not had a chance yet, I cannot say enough. Uh, I'm really bad at the camera work here. Um, <laughs> so am I. I. I took mine way off screen. I was like, oh, hey, you, look at this You're beer. doing chocolate peanut butter as well? I yeah. cannot say enough amazing things about this beer. Uh, if even if you're not a, uh, you know, dark beer, it, it is a porter. Uh, even if you're not a dark beer kind of person, uh, when, when you think of a chocolate peanut butter beer, you think of like maybe, you know, some nice beer flavors. You think of like Reese peanut butter cups. It's like the best of both worlds, is it not? It's so smooth. It is so chocolatey. It's so much good peanut butter in there. Um it's you know I know you said this last week when uh, we were doing the advertisement here that they they uh, did a whole new batch of it because there was such high demand for it and uh, it, it's going fast so you know if you're in Kelowna I, I don't know about their Penticton store because I haven't been to you know that one in uh, quite some time since summer. But we were just down at the Kelowna location. Uh, there still is some chocolate peanut butter porter there. And you want to go get your hands on some of this before it's gone or you will regret it. It is that good. You got to go get some. 
And get a pizza I, while you're there too. Oh man, the pizza was so good. I, oh my goodness. I, I just checked out on uh Bad Tattoo's website. The peanut butter chocolate porter is still available on their website. So Ooh. again, guys, all across Canada, if you want it, go order it. Ryan from Bad Tattoo uh Kelowna was telling us today they have w- one guy that buys enough of the peanut butter chocolate porter. <laughs> yeah. To last him a an entire year. The year. Yep. That's how much he loves this beer. And then he waits till it comes out again. And he goes, Hey, you guys got that beer back in stock yet? <laughs> it, and he buys enough to last him another year. It's like, I'll, I'll vouch for it. It is that absolutely good. If it's the one beer that you are going to get this holiday season that you haven't had before, uh, go down there and pick some up yourself. What do you got for the yeah. third down here, bud? Now, really quick, before I move on to the third down, I just want to call my dad out. Oh, right. I brought a couple beers up to my parents' house tonight. We were up there for dinner, and I brought um, I brought the Bad Tattoo uh, peanut butter chocolate porter. I also brought from Bad Tattoo's sister company, the Counterflow. Oh, that's particularly so Particularly peachy. So which good. Which is, like, phenomenal. It tastes like you're eating a peach. Um, dad did not like the porter at all. Took a sip and he's like, nope, don't want that. So I drank the rest of it. And they gave him the peach one and dad goes, eh, it's a little sweeter, a little too sweet for my liking. He's like, but I'll drink it. So he he drank that one. Um, so dad, I'm, I'm calling you out for, (laughs) for whenever you listen to this. And I know I'm getting a text message when you hear it. Um, anyways, guys, this week for the third down, I briefly mentioned it in my Seahawks uh, bye week recap there that the trade deadline just passed and the Seahawks did not move LJ Collier, uh, which has me uh, wanting to discuss some of the, I guess, call them more famous trade deadline deals that have happened in the past. Okay. So the third down this week, which is presented by Bad Tattoo Kelowna, is the deadline deals. Steve. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Third down. All right. First matchup, we have Herschel Walker. So Dallas traded Herschel Walker to Minnesota in 1989. And it's for like a, just an absolute bevy of, of draft picks. I think Dallas ended up with like the Minnesota's first and second round pick for like five consecutive years or something like that. I, I, I that when I was reading about it, um, which I think ended up or led to them having their, uh, you know, their three headed monster of Aikman, Smith and Irvin versus Eric Dickerson, who was traded from the Indianapolis Colts to the Los Angeles Rams in 1987, which was actually part of a three way deal. But Dickerson going to the Rams, of course, um, was a huge trade uh and dickerson of course went on to break and still currently hold the uh single season rushing record uh that has yet to be broken and it unfortunately doesn't look like king henry is breaking that record this year so what's the matchup now Herschel Walker versus Eric Dickerson. Oh, it's just going to be like a straight up which one was bigger or which one was more impactful. Do I get any Whatever criteria you, here? 
which one was more which one was bigger which one was okay. more impactful like, yeah both like i'm, I'm gonna see which, whichever way you want to take it hmm. we're starting off with like heavyweights here right away um i'm okay if there if there's no criteria for this i'm going to uh i'm going to pick the herschel walker trade just because when you talk about you know sell trading the farm for one player you always think of or are you going to give the uh are you going to give the herschel walker type deal or you know you always refer back to the herschel walker trade so for that reason i'm going to pick herschel but i i don't know honestly which one was more impactful i i would say herschel as well okay it, it, i i probably would, probably would have gone dickerson but I, I can see why you went Herschel Walker just because like it was such a huge trade and like the, the bevy of picks that the Cowboys got. So um, next up we've got uh, Percy Harvin who was traded from Seattle to the New York jets back in 2014 uh, versus Roy Williams, who was traded from Detroit to, to Dallas in 2008. So this one is, uh, I guess, I mean, neither guy really had a big impact. So take your pick. Uh, yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, battle of like the losers kind of thing. I'm yeah. gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Percy Harvin because I feel like he still had some juice left in the tank. Um, you know, Percy's biggest thing was he was kind of like that's. You could just put him on quite a few routes, like the underneath stuff, the middle stuff uh you know the the deep threat <sighs> yeah you know what i'm sticking with percy okay yeah um per- percy. percy and he was uh everyone always likes to say like i'm like i'm I'm the guy i'm like oh like percy harvin like everyone was so excited to get him but he had he contributed nothing to the seahawks super bowl win and like people are like well like he had that like kick return in the super bowl i'm like <laughs> The game was already over, yeah. man. A um, little too late. Yeah, yeah, too little, too late. I mean, it was fun to watch, and and I enjoyed it. I think I was pretty drunk by that point, anyways. So, like, like Ryan said, uh, he, he commented on uh, YouTube here. If you get a chance to pick Percy Harvin, you do it. it it's absolutely <laughs> correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, a couple more matchups here. So we have uh, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, when he was traded from the New England Patriots to the 49ers back in 2017 for a second round pick versus Jay Ajayi, who was traded from Miami to Philadelphia also in 2017, uh, which helped, uh, of course, uh, Philly win the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, Ajayi or Ajay, whatever, however you want to pronounce his name, I think, he paid dividends immediately to that Eagles team and their run. Uh, but Jimmy G was the big one there. You know, he's still, I know they just grabbed, you know, Trey Lance in the draft. I, I still think that he had, you know, he had the qualities to be a franchise quarterback. It didn't really work out for him. Uh, you know, health is a big reason behind that. Um, I he was supposed to be the heir to Tom Brady, all of those things. I, I think it was a bigger move 
uh, when it happened and when he got traded. So I'm picking Jimmy G for that one. Okay. And um, Ryan just said in the comments here, Darren and whistleblowing unicorns turned down two first and a second from me. Thankful he did. And I'm guessing that's for Percy Harvin. So good job, Darren. You almost yeah. got fleeced. <laughs> <laughs> um, last matchup, we have Carson Palmer, who was traded from Cincinnati to Oakland back in 2011, which Carson Palmer had retired basically to force his way out of Cincinnati. Uh, Oakland had Jason Campbell at quarterback who had broken his collarbone and they were scrambling for, for a guy. So they traded a 2012 first round pick and a 2013 second round pick for Carson Palmer versus my guy, Marshawn Lynch. Oh. That was a dead. That was a deadline deal when he went from Buffalo to Seattle back in 2010. Uh, I feel like you're setting me up for this one. Like I, I feel like this is one of those questions where you know your wife asks you a question, you answer it, and then she immediately refutes it, and you're like, "Hey, if you already knew the answer to the question, why are you even asking it?" So I, I feel like I'm kind of being set up here. Um. The, the only difference maybe is that uh, beast mode and it's not close. Ryan's just going to answer for me right away. <laughs> I, I think he's right, but I think we also forget that Carson Palmer was only 31 years old uh, when he got traded to Oakland. He was still, you know, in that prime kind of quarterback uh, years. He was a pro bowler. Um, he, uh, he had one year where he got injured there. Uh, you know, the year he got traded, the Bengals were really bad, but he was a f- former, f- you know, first overall pick, but how do you not pick Marshawn Lynch in this one? Um, he became like the poster child of Seattle. Um, and he still continues to be a guy that Seahawks fans rock his Jersey, uh, they they love when he comes back. Um, it, it's Marshawn. It's beast mode, and it's not even close. Ryan is one hundred percent right. Whoa, Ryan, are you listening? Yeah. He said you're one hundred percent right. It's true. Keep that. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but it's true. And I I like how you tried to make a case for Carson Palmer there, but like, I mean, sure it, it he's, is, a he's a former pro bowler, but he also right? like he sucked shit in Oakland. Um, he, he was not he, good. He re- he revived his career in, in Arizona, yep. not Oakland. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, quick recap here. So we have the Herschel Walker trade from Dallas to Minnesota from way back in 1989. Percy Harvin, when he went from Seattle to the New York football jets in 2014, uh, Jimmy G when he went from new England to the 49ers in 2017. And of course, uh, Marshawn beast mode Lynch, when he went from Buffalo to Seattle in 2010, Steve, let's hear it. Who's your MVP? See, again, like you, you intro this as if you like, like I have a choice here. Um, uh, again, I feel like this is, you know, my wife asking me what I want for dinner and she already is like cooking it basically. Um, I should pick Marshawn Lynch, but I'm picking the Herschel Walker trade because it was the largest trade in NFL history. And, you know, we still talk about like 
you know, in fantasy football, when you're playing fantasy football uh, and you have a guy that you want to never trade, you say, you know what, if, if you want him, give me the Herschel Walker trade. I, I want the Herschel Walker return for him. Um, and you can't say that about beast mode. So I'm picking Herschel Walker for the win. <laughs> that, that ain't no win here, boy. Uh, you're definitely not getting the first down on that one. I mean, no trade was more impactful than the Marshawn Lynch trade. He completely turned Child, around the Seattle Child, Seahawks. Please. You can't even deny he completely changed the Seahawks. He changed their identity. He like he was the Seahawks offense for a long time. Um, so sorry, man, no way I can give you the first down on that one. The Herschel Walker trade was huge. Uh, I mean, the the Cowboys got a huge return for it for sure. Uh, but the actual impact, uh, nothing will touch Marshawn Lynch. Now I can't actually remember cause I'm not, you know, um, a, a, a Cowboys fan at all, but I feel like the players that they got for Herschel Walker ended up being players that became that dynasty, wasn't it? Like the, the well, yeah, Cowboy the Cowboys the, 90 dynasty was built off of the trade of Herschel Walker. How can you say that Marshawn Lynch, one player, you know, cha- holding the Seahawks to like a seven and nine, you know, playoff berth? Uh, and in sure, he had Beastquake. Beastquake was unbelievable. It was a wild uh, story of an underdog taking down a powerful Saints team. I, I get it. But Herschel Walker created that, you know, when you think of dynasties in the NFL, you think of the 90s Cowboys dynasty. And Herschel Walker was a huge part of that. So um, I disagree with you. Uh, Suck it. And uh, your Uncle Ron 100% agrees with me. So you take it up with him. (laughs) Yeah, but he doesn't know anything anyway. So like you, you... You know why I'm here. Christmas dinner going to be awkward this year. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, that was our third down segment presented by Bad Tattoo Brewing in Kelowna here. Uh, we always like to have a lot of fun with this segment. Like I said, go check out uh, or go sign up for the Bad Tattoo Beer Club at badtattoobrewing.com. Uh Steve. Do we have any questions in the mailbag this week? Uh, we do have one from our good buddy who's been, you know, commenting not stupidity on here. Uh, I apologize if anyone's watching the live feed and they have to, you know, deal with some high school kids or, you know, idiots trolling on the comments. Uh, you get it everywhere you go. We'll just ignore um, attention-seeking behavior. So Ryan Hank. I mean, um, they did make me laugh, especially when I got... Uh, the, the ginger comment? Right? I got called Red Hulk. Oh, yeah, you're Red Hulk. I got told I, you watch fart porn, Ginger Boy, <laughs> which definitely made me laugh. That one made me laugh for sure. Um, Mine yeah, is Guy with the Camo Hats, Max Bench is 135. Joke's on yeah, you, bud. I can't even come close to that anymore. <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite was God, you're Irish, your face is red. Well, fun fact for you guys, I'm actually Scottish, so suck it, <laughs> nerds. 
Um, I, w- I wish I didn't block these guys so they could hear all these comments. Um, Anyways, oh, well, we're going to move past that. Um, so Ryan, he kind of asked a, an OBJ kind of question that we answered, but there's more to it. So he said, uh, there are no safe plays apparently this season. So is it still possible Deshaun Jackson or OBJ still play a factor for the respective new teams kind of, you know, wherever you know obj might go i think absolutely um one of my favorite things that i heard uh last week when they were talking about deshaun jackson being released and you know where he's gonna go you know he's he's a a little older of a player now he's lost a step but deshaun jackson losing a step is still more explosive, is still way faster than at least 80% of football players in their prime. So absolutely, he can make an impact as long as he's not going to be a number one. If he can go to a team, you know, that's why I'm surprised it didn't work with the Rams. I'm, you know, if he can go to a team as that number three option, um, you know, and doesn't have to play, you know, WR1 role, I think Deshaun Jackson absolutely can have an impact on a team. Odell Beckham, of course, he's going to have an impact on on a team. If he can stay healthy, you know, his his dad did not, uh, you know, make an 11-minute clip about him getting open because the guy can't play ball. Um, I think both of these guys can make a huge impact on their teams. Obviously, Odell Beckham, we got to wait to see where he goes, but he he can make a massive impact. So can Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. I mean, Deshaun is going to the Raiders. So he's going to be at least the number three, maybe the number four option behind Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Brian Edwards. Um, You know, he's going to take over as the kind of the, the deep ball specialist because Henry Ruggs is a piece of shit and he's in jail and good for him. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I meant what I said. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think Sean Watson will, will uh, thrive in Vegas. Um, uh-oh, a poor guy, Ryan, not even here to listen to this. He goes, great show tonight, oh, no. guys. I got to run because this chili is giving me the shits. Um, good luck, Ryan. Good luck to your toilet more so than anything. Uh um, but yeah, it, it so I, I think Deshaun Watson will definitely do well in Vegas. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., I think wherever he ends up, he's not going to be brought in to be the you know number one guy. Um, so I, I think wherever he ends up will likely be a good fit for him, especially, um, like I said, he's not going to get picked up on waivers, he's going to get to hand pick where he ends up and he's going to pick what he feels is the best situation for him. Um, yeah. So that's, they, they definitely both have, um, you know, opportunities to, to perform and, and be, you know, still viable, especially when it comes to fantasy football. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So that, that was the only mail big question. I know we got to that one a little late too. Um, mainly cause we were uh, enjoying a little, you know, football, beer, and pizza down at Bad Tattoo. Um, so, one question, better than zero questions. Uh, we're right at the hour and a half marker here now, Chris. Uh, our, f- our first episode where we are streaming on multiple platforms. 
Uh, thanks to you guys for tuning in wherever you tuned in from. If it was YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, um, thanks for you know let, letting us work through some of the glitches through this last week with our little our little bonus and quickie episodes that we were you know throwing out there. Those are, those are kind of fun. We might have to do you know some some random throw off episodes. Maybe this Thursday, since the Ravens are playing Thursday night football, we. Maybe we'll do another quickie episode if if we totally. see fit or something like that. But Christopher, as always, I give you the last words of the episode. Yeah, like you said, we might continue those quick, fun little 10 to 15 minute little quickies. Um, they were a lot of fun, gained some traction. Just, yeah, I mean, it, it allows us to talk about it right in the moment rather than waiting until Sunday to talk about the Ravens, especially because they're playing this Thursday. Yeah. Um, we are, of course, uh, part of the Dean Blundell Network. We are happy to present the third down from Bad Tattoo Brewing in Kelowna. Uh, guys, for anyone that is in Kelowna or the surrounding areas, we are discussing with them about having a Thursday night football watch party at Bad Tattoo Kelowna. So grab some beers, grab some pizzas, all of us hang out uh, in the bar area there. Watch the Thursday night football game. You can join Steve and I uh, to to you know make that happen and, and watch those games and and lo- lots of fun things happening with uh, you know with the Ball Hawks podcast and Bad Tattoo Brewing. So keep an eye out for things in the future. Uh, as always, guys, we appreciate you listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review. Follow us on our social medias, whether that be uh, over at Twitter at BallHawks underscore pod, Instagram at BallHawks underscore pod. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. You know where to find us. Please go find us. Follow us back. Check out these live streams. I just realized I dropped the ball on including the Bad Tattoo Brewing logo while doing the third down. So I'm going to do it right now because, well, just getting used to this streaming thing, guys, apparently, <laughs> uh, and being able to include our own graphics. So anyways, guys, thanks, everyone, for watching live. Thank you, everyone, for who is listening to the show in its uh, you know podcast format. And as always, guys, go Hawks. Peace. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.